Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, high school dropout and ex-hairdresser and salon owner turned PR and marketing expert and founder of the Peth Collective PR Agency. The Passion to Profit podcast is a conversational business podcast with a focus on marketing and PR to help business owners scale successfully, acquire more customers, increase your profits and become that desired go-to brand in your industry. So open your notepad on your phone, get out your pens and paper. You don't want to miss any of the following tips, tricks, and strategies that you're about to experience on the Passion to Profit podcast. Let's get started. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to Passion to Profit podcast. Thanks for joining to me today. We want to share a little bit about your story and what's going on in your business right now. I obviously personally have known you probably for five years. Five years now. Five years yeah. now. Yes, it's yeah. been a long time. And I think yeah. even both of our journeys from where we started to where we are today have taken incredible twists and turns. And I mean, it's been such a joy to watch you flourish and grow and expand your business. I think when I initially met you, had you just finished um, coming off the back of Flying Fly Out or was there some... I was still doing Fly You were still doing Fly yeah. So do you oh, want to take yeah. us back, back then, I what were you thinking and how did 13 Interiors <laughs> come about? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, I feel super honoured because, like you said, I did see you in the initial stages of when I registered my business name, which when you're starting out, you call that starting your business. Yes. So, um, which was in March 2017. So, I'm officially five years this month. So, great timing for this podcast, which I think is good. Um, But, yeah, so I originally um, was when we moved to Perth 10 years ago, um, that was to work in mining and we'd had an amazing opportunity, my husband and I, to um, start with a company over here and we thought, yeah, we'll just come for three years and, you know, then we'll move back to Sydney to our family and we really loved it here and loved the lifestyle. Um, I'd always had a passion for design and, and loved things like that, but I'd also had amazing opportunities in lots of different careers with local government, the fitness industry, I used to teach kids how to swim. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of different things. And then, um, yeah, we sort of I sort of hit a little bit of a crossroads in my life when I was around like 35, 36. Um, we didn't end up having children and there's, you know, a whole other sort of story to that as well. And, and yeah, so I sort of got a bit of a crossroads and I was like, you know what, what is it that I actually want to do with my life? And, you know, where do my passions lie? I obviously don't want to be in mining forever as much as I'd had huge, amazing opportunities. So I kind of walked a little bit into the design industry, probably a little bit blindly because it was more of a passion and not so much thinking strategically around business when I launched. And then as I sort of, you know, registered the business name, blah, 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 and then I connected with you in the May of that 2017, I think it was, and sat down with you and um, we did a really good consult and audit and you were very open and insightful into where I really needed to, I guess, focus and sort of direct and really gave me some hard truths and I am forever grateful for that because <laughs> I can be a bit harsh I'm incredible no no it was reality though it was it reality yeah working in a, an environment then where you were seeing so many uh, design businesses and creative businesses doing really well and if I wanted to play in a, I guess a professional capacity I needed to look professional and I didn't at the time So, yeah, I guess that's where the journey began. And then I continued to work in mining for another two and a half years past that point, which no one knew. So I was working, I'd also been promoted in that role to like a regional kind of role. So I was flying in, fly out, Perth-based, 
as well as running 13 interiors. And it sort of just kept growing and growing. And then, yeah, obviously here I am now. And I left my mining job halfway through and never looked back. Wow. So So that's just such an incredible story. And it's so important to remind us back from what we sacrificed at the start to get our businesses to the point Mm. that we could actually take the leap and actually go full-time into it. And I think a lot of, especially women, hold on to that security of a full-time job, even though they're having a lot of lead generation and they're getting working in their their passion project in some ways, but then to actually say, look, we're going to turn this passion and then turn it into a very profitable business that ends up scaling and have the foresight to see the scaling and the gap in the market, which I something I loved about your journey is watching that you really stand out as having a really clear defined, I guess, identity as a brand. And when we look at you on um, social media, which is 13 Interiors, I can be scrolling through my Instagram feed and know straight away it's a 13 interiors design, which I actually, you know, just think is incredible in a world where we're seeing repetitive design left, right and centre from the saturation. You have definitely set your own path and such style um, that identifies your brand. So do you want to share with us what your style is or how you kind of come about that branding that really I think was at the start your point of difference? Yeah, I think it definitely was. It was definitely more of a a moody, masculine vibe, which I I think were the words you used when we had that. (laughs) It was. I was seeing so much white Hamptons. And then you come to me with all this black and I'm like, oh, I love it because it's so (laughs) It was so different and unique at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, different. And I think something different to what Perth was seeing. So originally being from the East Coast, I guess I had this, personal aesthetic a bit more of a dark and moody vibe I'd done a few homes in Sydney that were our personal homes so I guess my personal taste lended to that but I also feel like people can get a little bit more adventurous with those darker tones and blending those into interiors and still getting a very homely warm vibe which creates people's forever homes and gives you feeling rather than sort of being about just, you know, the white finishes and the coastal homes and beachside suburbs that you'd expect to see. So I guess for me it's, you know, working with people in their forever homes but really creating that soulful vibe. So when people walk into a space, they're like, oh, I feel like I'm home. And a big point of my, I guess, uh, design journey and I guess the the way I work with clients is always about consistency and about flow. So I, I don't, I'm not saying everything needs to be matchy-matchy, but uh, I think people's homes need to have a consistent flow and style throughout that creates that feeling for them as well. So the home feels like all the one space and each area connects to the, the next. And I guess that probably maybe filters through with Instagram and social media and and than marketing because there is that flow and consistency of, of everything that you know I do so yeah I guess that's the general vibe behind it and I think it just took off and because it was different and I think that's why it took off over east because yeah. that vibe is probably a little bit more common over there and people were jumping on that train going how are you based in Perth you're so Melbourne or you're so Sydney and yeah, I'm like, well, I can work anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the amazing thing. So backtracking a little bit, 
Did you do any further education in interior design? Obviously, you were had a completely different career, a career on the mines. When yes. you decided, okay, interior is something I explored, did you then go and do a course or what was, how did you learn? So I studied with the Interior Design Institute and I chose to do it online so I could do that remotely while I was working away. So I would do assignments at night while I was on site and, you know, keep in mind you're working 12-hour days and you're up at like, you know, 34 o'clock in the morning if you want to exercise you get up at 2 30 so uh, yeah then I would come back at night and I'd get on the laptop and I'd do an assignment and then I'd come home in my R&R and I'd do an assignment so they were a great um, institute to work with because they also had amazing forums online with communities which I think is a huge thing in our world right now and our Facebook communities and things like that with our courses and they um, were really great with the tutors and other people studying as well. So there was lots of support and I feel super grateful that I have such an amazing relationship with um, that team now and I'm going to be doing further things with them this year as well, which is really good, and some online webinars. So, yeah, uh, they were really great and that sort of just spurred me on because, you know, studying's not fun. But as I was doing it, I was really loving it. And at the same time, we'd also chosen to build a home over here. So I was putting all of that knowledge into sort of working with the builder on the build. And then I learned so much out of that build process that I now still use with clients to this day because I've experienced it. I've experienced the build. I've experienced what it's like. So, yeah, building, studying and all of that worked hand in hand at that time. So it was really good. Amazing. And so let's pivot a little bit and talk about your marketing. So obviously, when you first launched, you were quite new to the industry, you hadn't obviously been had a background in it, as in you hadn't even probably worked in a retail space or anything like that. So you've come on to this industry green. And in five years, you really are dominating the space. So take me back to a little bit about some of the marketing activities you did or things you did to actually grow brand profile. And I know you gained authority in the industry really quickly, which was amazing to watch. But I know that from a PR agency point of view, we get a lot of people wanting that personal brand authority. And I think you really uh, demanded it and rightly so from the start. So do you want to just share marketing ideas and how you actually pitched yourself as an authority in that particular design scope that you're talking about? Definitely consistency was a huge factor. So I committed to, uh, you know, posting, engaging. That was definitely the first thing. You can't, like everyone says, you can't just post and expect the followers to come in. You've got to work for it. And it was something that I had a strong focus on with social media, particularly Instagram, from the very start. Even before I had email databases or a proper website, it was all about social media because it was free. And it was so easy to access people Australia-wide. So a big focus for me was then the content that I was putting out there. So again, after, you know, our meeting and, and looking at what other people were doing, I was playing in a professional area. I needed to portray professional images. And the ultimate goal is you need to give people a reason to follow you. There is no point posting stuff and then just being like, I've ticked the box, I'm done today. Why would those people continue to follow you? What are you providing those people to earn their, like, respect and and showcase that you are an expert in what you know? And so that was about having a strategy behind um, the content that I was delivering. And so for me, that was quite easy with building a house and everything I'd learned from that 
that area and also studying. But then I also had my brand new house as a huge platform to be able to share. So that's when you connected me with Tars. And then I hired Tars to come out and do a complete photo shoot with me um, at the home. And I'd also been to your collaboration workshop. So at the time, I was trying to go to any Instagram workshop, collaboration, <laughs> networking workshops, learn anything I could can about connecting with people and networking, which was the core part of reaching people. So not just through social media, but going into suppliers and going, hi, my name's Kelly. I'm 30 Interiors. Um, you know, I love your products. You know, I want to use this in my clients' homes. So I ended up reaching out to six different businesses and collaborated with them for the photo shoot at my home. And I was gifted, well, lended around $50,000 worth of furniture products for a photo shoot. They didn't know me, but I I engaged with them. I networked. I used my collaboration networking. And I was like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And, and these amazing businesses I still work with to this day. And I dressed the entire home. Now, keep in mind, I was also working in mining at that time too. So I was at midnight every night styling up the home. I, I paid for the furniture to get delivered to the house that I was borrowing as well. Even though the product was gifted, I paid for delivery. Then I set up the entire home to make it look like completely different rooms everywhere. And then Tars and I went through and styled and photographed the entire home and I had a hundred images to then have a, a strategy for. And it was about sharing tiles from the bathroom, furniture in the lounge. And then it was about the elements of design and how I could really connect that back to the design industry and give people tips to use in their own home and link that back to, I guess, design in general and how I was an expert in, you know, styling your lounge room and proportion and space and lighting and all those types of things. So by doing that, I leveraged off the home. Then by sharing all those photos and tagging all the suppliers, the agreement was that they would obviously on share. And then other suppliers were getting on board and resharing imagery and it just went from there. And it was like a thousand here, a thousand followers there. And it's just, it was super fast. Yeah. And I think that was it. You did community incredibly well. And a few things you did there. Number one, from the start, you invested in the budget to have a professional photographer come out and shoot the house. But you didn't just shoot the house. You went above and beyond to make that a absolute hero feature that actually could dominate your socials plus like-minded businesses socials on an ongoing basis over the next 12 months. And that was so clever about that strategy, Implemite it actually had this ripple effect through the industry. So quite often when I remember I was searching through my feed, I would obviously see it on yours, but then I would see it on Taz's, the photographer. Then I would see it on, you know, uh, Onyx and Smoke. And then it just kept going because this house was like everywhere through multiple channels. But it was all these other people recognising and saying, this is the most incredible house, the interior design is unlike a lot of what we've been seeing. And it was just like a really amazing uh, thing to sit there and witness the power of one concept. But you actually elevating it and then pushing it out. But I think as well, which is full credit to you, it's the support you give to the suppliers 
I mean, I've worked with a lot of interior designers and a lot of people in that industry. You go in above and beyond. Your relationships are really, really treasured to you, and I know that. And I think that's been a huge point of difference. And I know for my business, I'm exactly the same. And I guess we get along for that reason really well. But relationships are everything when you're building business and building brand. And like what you've just explained on, you know, that was really your point of difference. They lent you up to $50,000 worth of goods. You didn't just take them and use them in your photo shoot. You then kind of PR'd and promoted them on your platforms. But then you gave them beautiful curated content at no additional cost. For having yeah no obligation for them to reshare obviously um but you know the basically we we even got down to dipping down into what hashtags they wanted used and what I wanted used and you know things like that so yeah it was I, I was super grateful that people said yes because people even say to me now how come they said yes and I go I don't know. They just said yes. <laughs> because you gave so much value, I think, and there was no risk in it. You were taking all the risk as the actual col- the head collaborator yeah. of that. But, um, I mean, there was a risk that their products might go missing or they might never get the photos. But I think the way you facilitated it and actually rolled it out and then made sure that everyone felt inclusive on that particular strategy was just an amazing thing. And I very, very much remember that. I um, mean, it was yeah. an incredible thing. And it really put you on that right path that, hey, I'm serious. I'm not going to be a five-minute wonder. I am here to stay. I'm building brand. And, you know, I am in five years going to be an authoritative in this space. So I guess that, um, you know, at that time, was there anything that you look back and think you wish maybe you hadn't done or one experience you regret or something, you know, that you kind of would It's not really one to have regrets because I feel like you learn from every situation that you're in. I definitely don't regret leaving the full-time job when I did leave because I felt like I was ready when I left. Um, As much as it was extremely hard to do both and, you know, also my brother had got really sick during that period as well and he'd had cancer and I was going back and forth to Sydney and, you know, he was just sort of like, I don't understand why you're doing two jobs. And I was like, (laughs) He goes, I think what you're doing is a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, a hobby. And that, yeah. And, words. and I was oh like, my gosh. and yeah, I think it just comes back to that civility. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything I would entirely change or if I've got regrets because I also feel like everything happens for a reason too. Yes. So um yeah. I agree. I'm such a that happened for a reason and I learned from that and I won't do that yeah. again. There's a lot of lessons in life and certainly growing a business, you learn lesson after lesson after lesson. And I know when I started the Pep Collect, I excelled the growth very quickly. But people forget I had eight years of business experience prior to that. So I'd already made a lot of those not necessarily mistakes, but I'd learned a lot of damn lessons along the way. And then by, when I launched Perth Collective, I was like, I am not doing that because I know how that turns out and I learned last time. So I'd worked in local government. I'd had really amazing managers in some of my jobs as well So and also really bad ones. So you kind of like learn what to do and what not to do yeah. and then some really good support networks from, you know, solicitors to accountants and, you know, there's always, always something you can probably do better. But, yeah, I definitely don't have any regrets. Yes, great. So then let's move on. You've got, obviously, you've expanded. You were telling me we caught up for lunch last week. You're like, it's just incredible the amount of projects you've got on. And then out of all this, 
Um, Sophie Keisha, you are working. I know. Sophie Keisha. And I remember when you first messaged me and told me, I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and you were like, how do I negotiate this? I'm not really sure what I'm like, you know, what to ask for. And, you know, yeah. it was just such an amazing moment because, I mean, yes, she's an influencer. She's amazing influence and I have so much respect for her but to actually be approached by someone and recognize I mean she has access to anyone in Australia probably globally and you know to actually come and approach you and then you're the person she wants to work with how did she discover you tell us the story I'd love to know (laughs) I feel super chuffed and just yeah I was blown away that she reached out to me because like you said she could have anybody but yeah we uh I think Previous to that, when I was doing the Wembley Downs home, which was a couple of years ago and uh, beautiful sort of Hamptons, but lots of sort of dark touches to it. She loved the master bedroom with the four poster bed. And I think that she Mm -hmm. saw that through Real Dads in Melbourne, who I'd sort of connected with and have a great relationship with Jared on Instagram as well. And um, he possibly may have shared something and then she commented and she's like, oh, my God, this is stunning. And I shared it and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that Sophie Patience just liked my post. (laughs) And she was like, she personally messaged me and said, I didn't just like it, I loved it. She goes, I absolutely love your work. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) wow. Like, and at that point in time I didn't know if, you know, she had someone managing her account or if it was actually her. But I was like, you know, super stoked. She then started following me. And then about, I think, 12 months after that, she sort of just connected with me via Instagram and just said, oh, look, um, you know, when she was with her previous um, husband and she was like, you know, we might be buying a house and building and I'm just not sure where I want to go with this. Um, You know, would that be something you'd potentially could assist with? And I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, You know, reach out when you're ready. And so I sort of just left it at that. And then in June last year, um, yeah, it was around June, um, I just got a message via Instagram on a Saturday afternoon. I was sitting on the lounge watching a movie with Jed and, um, yeah, she texted me and just said, I'm going to auction tomorrow for a home and I'd love to, if I win, I'd love to have a chat with you this week about your services. And I was like, and I, like, picked up my phone and I was like, it, do you reckon this is legit? <laughs> It's a DM on Instagram. You never know these days. Yeah, I know. It's like, just respond. And I'm like, of course. So I wrote back and said, yep, absolutely. You know, I let me know what might suit you. You know, good luck for the auction. So the next day I text her in the morning and just said, good luck for auction today. I hope it goes well, blah, blah, blah. You know, didn't say anything about catching up or meeting. It was purely just to, you know, well wishes. And then she literally responded immediately and said, I won the house. I want to hire you. Can we have a Zoom call this week? My PA will be in touch. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, literally had, um, yeah, then her PA sent through um, Zoom link and we caught up and I'm like patiently waiting at the screen and then up she (laughs) called. And and I said to her and I said, what, you know, what is it that, attracted you to me why why did you reach out to me she said I just literally love your work she said it's different and she said it's not same same she said you really um you know understand design she said you're the connection and flow that you create and I feel like you're not just trying to be like everyone else and she said I don't want what everybody else has I want something different but I want something that works 
for this home that's functional. And I think that's a word that you used to me before when um, we spoke at your house that time as well. And you you spoke about, you know, great interiors but functional and practical interiors as well, which I think you might have called me the storage queen. Yeah. uh, I've got three children. I am every spare inch of my house needs to be storage because I'm fanatically clean and I just – I think that's even when I look at your interiors now, they are so functional, but they're stylish. I, you don't compromise on style yeah. because it's functional. So, yes. Yeah, and that's what she basically said as well. And then, yeah, literally, yeah, went through contracts and um, agreements and fees and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, she literally signed the dotted line and then she announced me on her stories. I think it was the 8th of July last year and that one night I think 3,000 followers jumped over and people were, like, on her, like, set up a homepage on Instagram for Keisha Renovation. Like, people are obsessed with home renovation. So every time she shares something related to the house, it just goes off. So let's just stop that, uh, stop here and rewind. So just so everyone is clear, obviously I'm in knowledge of this, but she is actually paying you to renovate your um, her new home. It is not a contra situation, which I think is really important for us to highlight because, a lot of people when we work with influencers believe it's contra and certainly there is cases of that. But at the same time, I think it's a really important to share that this is a paid position for you yeah. and, you know, she is paying you to actually renovate her house, which is amazing. So when uh, you negotiated the contract, was there anything, are you obviously negotiated that you could actually use the home as a project portfolio um, and you could mention her name in the socials and all yeah. the that was part of the negotiations yeah so when we sat down and worked through all the contract and the design fees um, we spoke about collaborating businesses that were going to come on board because then she was open to sort of sharing the home publicly as well and then we had quite a few businesses reach out and then offer product as well and so there's been some really amazing brands come out of this that have been so lovely to work with and one thing I really loved about Sophie from the get-go was that no creative should work for free and they were her exact words she said I'm not coming to you now to expect you to be doing this for free this is your time is worth money and she said in no way do I think that, you know, I should be getting this and I should be getting that for free. That's not how this works. She said, I'm a creative as well and I expect to be paid for what I'm doing. So that was what I really loved about working with her. Even though I I put forward and I offered a reduced rate in terms of um, some extra collaboration and things like that, she said, look, to be honest, Kelly, I'm going to be sharing what you're doing anyway because I love what you do and it's genuine. It's not about you doing a reduced rate or something like that to, you know, uh, so I spruik you or pitch you. That's not what this is about because I actually really love what you do. So they were her words verbatim about, you know, our process together and that's what I really loved about her too. She didn't reach out expecting to get a freebie. She reached out because she generally wanted a home designed that was going to be for her family, her kids, and with someone that she really respected. So, so yeah. much respect to her for actually saying that mm. because I think especially when we both started back, you know, around the 2015 to 2018, 
there was a lot of people that were collaborating and not actually getting anything out of it. And That's the right, was yeah. very, you know, that was a huge issue then. I was fielding so many emails from people saying, I've gifted this to such and such and I never got this and vice versa. And, you know, that was part of me running that collaboration course back then because it was just such a problem in the industry. So no, actually yeah. with someone like Sophie Keisha who could absolutely, in my opinion, demand things for free. And no doubt if she put up on her social media looking for a interior designer to design my house for free <laughs> and facilitate yes. it in exchange for a promotion, I have no doubt she'd be inundated with people wanting to work oh, with her. But Even when, we, when she first mentioned there was so many business that jumped on and I just, you know, we were both just like, yeah, not, not, not the right fit or, yeah. you know, like, you know, we still obviously want to design this home based on what she wants as well. It wasn't going to be about people just giving free stuff to to get free stuff. So Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so full credit to her absolutely for owning that space and saying like, you know, creative should wait for free. And I guess that's what she's become very known for, speaking her mind, having strong yes. opinions. And I mean yeah. Like, yeah, I think a lot of what she stands for is amazing. So talk us on the journey. You are located in Perth. We have COVID and we're based in Western Australia uh, with very tight um, border restrictions to the point that we literally at the moment cannot fly out of the state. How are you managing this project from Western Australia into Melbourne where she is? Unbelievable, hey. I can't actually, (laughs) I haven't actually never even seen the home. So I was supposed to go last August and then, you know, borders came up and I totally missed that window. So I guess with this kind of industry and design business, a lot of it is, um, well, a lot of the things that I put in place for this business has been about 3D technology. And that is something that I'm very grateful that I spent the time learning because back when I wanted to introduce um, SketchUp and 3D software and designing, it wasn't really quite common. You couldn't just go online and do a course for it, where now you can learn it anywhere. So I was completely self-taught with that. It wasn't something that was taught during my course either. They had other programs. So um, I'm very grateful that I did do that because it enables us to have a floor plan and then we can basically go and then create whatever we want in 3D and send that electronically via, you know, Dropbox or whatever. I now have a CRM system which we manage all our clients through a portal. So, yeah, via 3D software and rendering software to give them that really lifelike look. And then on the other end, I did have um, the builder there that could sort of help me out if I needed to know, you know, a gap between a window and the wall if it wasn't quite. Because also with this house, we didn't actually have to scale floor plans. (laughs) So the original owner had um, sort of like an older floor plan where some things had changed and we had a photo of it and that was it. So, um, yeah, basically, yeah, and then just redesigned. So part of her renovation has been redesigning the full master retreat, which was existing, was bed one and two of the home, which is now a full retreat with a walk-in robe, ensuite, and the master bedroom. And then there's three other bedrooms. And then we've redesigned a full kitchen and extended the kitchen into an existing lounge with like a little walk-in pantry, new laundry, 
new furniture, lounge room, new flooring, paint, curtains, everything. Is, and then now, then we added on the second bathroom as well and the kids' rooms. I just finished oh designing the kids' rooms on the weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is all being done remote. So I guess what yeah. I'm trying to highlight here is we've all had to pivot because of the COVID restrictions that I guess globally we've seen. But to be able yeah. to think that you can in- design a whole interior of a home without actually stepping foot in it, plus project manager from Western Australia. And I know we were talking off air before about the challenges with sites and builders, um, you know, because it's very much topic of the moment as we're seeing it roll out into WA at the moment with COVID actually coming into our community. I think, you know, it's just mind-blowing if we had sat down five years ago and gone, Kelly, in five years, you're going to remotely be managing a renovation from the other side of the country. And, <laughs> and I mean, throw in there, we can't forget that Sophie actually went on Survivor in the middle. I know, of the and you know that like, And we all know how lockdown Survivor is. Survivor is you cannot make a phone call out. You are locked down there. So I know, how- how was that? Because you've obviously got to make decisions. Your client, yeah. Yeah, she's in the middle of the jungle. How did that all work? And how has COVID? That was quite hard. Yeah. yeah, that was challenging because uh, we I, I made a very big point to get her designs done really fast. Like we'd finished majority of the designs for the home and selections and engage with most of any of the collaborating partners in a six-week period. Um, so that we were we were pretty much done by designing middle of August, late August, and then after that she'd had an announcement that she was going to be going on Survivor. But of course we couldn't tell anybody. No one was allowed to know. The brands were like none of the businesses were allowed to know. So obviously her management team, myself, and the builder knew, but nobody else. So yeah, and then there were lots of things that came up. We had a few like issues in the home, just you know from like electrical compliance and things like that. So. Yeah, and then she sort of gave the hand, reins over to her management team and we worked with them and the, and her PA as best we could and then we just had to wait till she got back and then I just get a FaceTime one day and she's like, I'm back. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I think that's another point. Like when we were talking um, over lunch, she were telling me she likes to FaceTime, which, you know, again, that's modern technology. And, you know, I've noticed even this week, I'm getting so many voice calls from people on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook, which drive me crazy because I'm not a face call person. I find it very, yeah. I always I'm reading things on silent because I'm not with the client, but I'm watching a mask. I'm doing five things and or I'm with my yeah. So I read things. I don't, you know, from a, um, you know, I listen to a podcast every morning on my morning work, walk, but generally speaking, I'm not on a video audio situation mm. but I actually loved that you were able to she can walk you through the house on FaceTime she yeah. can show you things yeah. on FaceTime. and the builder as well in the early stages and even suppliers you know like yeah we we FaceTime Zoom for everything it'd be very rare that I would just have a normal phone call and that might be because she's driving or I'm driving or something like that everything is visual which I've really loved because it's really sort of open that connection with us as well and you know just to be able to chat about normal things in general in life and the kids might be there doing something too and yeah so it's it's been a really nice um relationship with her over the whole journey I respect her so much and like you know I it'd be hard not to call her a friend after this because it's just such um you know a beautiful relationship and I really yeah respect her a lot so and yeah it's been really nice actually met her in person yet have you no no so a couple of weeks I'll be going over now because our borders will be opening oh my god Um, so yeah I'm due to go over um um, soon 
yeah, and then have a walk through and hoping to sort of start on the kids' rooms when I'm there. And then, um, yeah, we should be sort of wrapping up the build by that point. All the cabinetry will be done and because there's been a lot of cabinetry. And then, yeah, just those last finished touches, do the styling shopping and just, you know, organise all those last bits. And then I'll be heading back probably another month after that to finish it off and we'll do the photo shoot and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. So <laughs> incredible. And I just think that's such a great story to highlight the power of an influencer. And like you say, every time she's organically sharing and I'm watching, she's very much doing it organically. Um, you are getting new followers. You're probably getting new inquiries, yeah. website traffic. And I guess that leads me on to the next question. Like what does the future hold for 13 Interiors? I know you're incredibly entrepreneurial and I'm sure you have so many other ideas beyond um, doing design services in person so what are you thinking where are you heading um the online courses so um last year I launched the first part of the digital sort of I guess online platform which was is the styling guides and I'm really pleased with how that went I think it created a, a whole new sort of revenue stream for people who weren't necessarily ready to hire a designer or in the price point of hiring a designer and just needed those general tips around like room styling and placement so we have the lounge room styling guide and then the bedroom styling guide and it goes through you know all the bits and pieces around uh, you know purchasing furniture and discovering your style and all those types of things um, so the next part is actually doing the full home um, styling course so that will be the online platform and it'll be um, we'll only have probably three to four intakes a year so I can dedicate the time to it and similar to obviously how you run your courses with the Facebook forums and the online webinars with the um, the groups as well that come on board for those periods and it will de- definitely be about bringing your home together so where I talk about the consistency of your style creating your style how to furnish right down to creating vignettes how to style a bed um, and there'll be video visuals of those as well of me doing it and telling you what I've done and why I've done that so um, that's the next thing yeah, and, you know, I'm such a believer in online. Obviously, I've yes. had to pivot due to COVID into an online course space as well, and I, I just think it opens the door to be more accessible to more a global market. So, I mean, I'm not renovating my home, um, but, you know, it's not to say I don't want to do your course because I love updating rooms and I love changing things yeah. around. And my children are growing in age. So, you know, what a baby's room was before needs to progress to being a young, you know, younger person's room, which will eventually progress to being a teenager. So I think it actually offers up a diverse solution to your audience that is maybe not looking to renovate a whole home, but perhaps doing a room update or just putting some... Yeah, definitely help people with furniture and styling and understanding that visually with the breakdown of the modules that I'll have and really thinking about that before they step in the shop and before they make a bad purchase um, and waste, you know, $10,000 on a lounge or something. So Yeah, which is easily done these days with Instagram and seeing all these amazing Instagrammable spaces. Um, It can get really overwhelming and I think we as consumers have a lot more pressure on us because we're not now buying one vase, we're decorating a room. (laughs) Like, you know. You know, it's yep. elevated from just doing something so simple. Now we double think things and we question things and we're looking, does that match with this? And does that go with yep. this? What's it going to be? You know, <laughs> so and, you know, there 
is so much more we take into a home interior these days because Instagram has educated us to do that. Um, so I just think that's just a, such a gap in the market and, and I, I know it's going to do incredibly well. So I'm very excited to hear about these online classes and obviously do it when it's ready and launched. Um, just to wrap up, we like to do at the end of the podcast is, um, do you have any questions for me or three questions you want to ask me about marketing? Yes, I do. Oh, fantastic. So- <laughs> and I haven't seen these. I do not know what these are. So no, 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 no. I wrote some down because I'm like, right. So if someone is starting out in the industry and they have no marketing budget at all, where do you think someone should sort of start or sort of invest in? Because I think people can get a bit swayed and feel like they've got to do everything at once. Yeah. Where do you think people could target and maybe every industry is a bit different but what's your advice on that sure so I think you and I both did exactly this strategy and I wouldn't change it we immersed ourselves in community we got out there and we knew no one I was the same I didn't know anyone when I started the Perth Collective and you didn't know anyone in the interior industry and we met and then I think by creating community, you are going to networking events, you're attending Facebook group lives, you're jumping on online masterclasses, you're asking questions in these online masterclasses, and you're also asking questions in Facebook groups. And people start yeah. to recognize the repeat of your name in these particular areas. And when you're at networking opportunities, you get talking to people, they can open doors. And I mean, that costs nothing. I mean, sure, you might have a ticket to go to a networking event, and there's hundreds of networking events, but you know, find Finding your people and actually it's great for mental health and support of you moving forward because it's a challenging thing to start a business and you need an incredible amount of resilience because it's a really long journey and you're going to get knocked down and you're going to have to bounce back and you get better at it. Trust us. (laughs) We know you get better at it. Um, But I think from networking, I just feel there's so many more benefits um, than people actually see on the surface. And funnily enough, recently in my business, I've obviously pivoted my business a bit. And this year I have a slightly different focus on where I'm going. I have actually, from January, started immersing myself back in the same strategy. I've been doing free masterclasses for um, guest groups. I've been networking and networking things. I've been attending online things. And I've been commenting in Facebook groups. And what's happened, I've had so many more inquiries into my business. And I've also had a huge amount of additional enrollments in my online courses that I would never have seen. But I'm just getting out there and networking. So I guess the answer to that is I think I would focus on getting networking and building your community. Such a good answer and so true. I, yeah, and yeah, pretty much exactly what you yeah, did what I start as well. And yeah, it, it just got to be brave and get yourself out there. And if that means going to an event by yourself, just do it because, like, it's amazing what you can experience if you just like cut the cord from your friends and go yes. to an event and do it by yourself. And it's amazing the people that you can meet. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, um, so my next one was, um, what are some common mistakes that you see sort of businesses do in the start when it comes to maybe marketing or, say, PR? Where do you think some of these businesses go wrong? This is a great question and I think it's really relevant today and this is going to sound a very funny thing for me to say considering I have such a large social media following, but I actually believe we as business owners are investing way too much time in social media. 
when I actually come up, well, when I'm consulting, when I'm mentoring, when I'm working with people, the first thing I'm saying is how much time are you on social media? And then we look at their phone and it's horrifying the amount of hours per week they're burning through, you know, five, six, some of them are 10, some of them are 25 hours a week of subconscious scrolling through Instagram. You're not actually doing anything. You're just looking. It's mindless scrolling. Yeah. And, you know, if we even reduce that by half and those half of those hours went into you on the back end, learning email systems or learning going to networking events or learning how to package your products in a more attractive way or, you know, looking at your business model, you'd actually see a much better return. So I think for me, the biggest concern currently is a new business owner comes along and they think they've got to invest all this time in social media or a current business owner is getting really stuck in their business and they're not progressing forward. They feel they need to go back to spending too much time on social media. And my advice is definitely do not do that. Look at other yeah. ways to market your business outside of social media. And I think predominantly this come a lot from last year. I lost my account. My account was disabled. Yeah, that's right. 55,000 people just boom, gone overnight. I wasn't too panicked because I had a very strong community outside of Instagram. I was known in the media outside of Instagram and I had a really good email database. Yeah, I was going to say strong email. Generally speaking, I had a um, mentoring session with a client yesterday and I said to him, what would happen today if your business of 20 years, your Instagram account was lost? And she went, it would literally be almost all over because she has no email database. She does nothing outside of Instagram. Her All her clients message her on Instagram. They're booking appointments on Instagram. They're DMing on Instagram. The whole business had been set. And this is a very successful business, but she had trained all her clients and new clients to contact her on Instagram yeah. and never got off that Instagram platform. And she doesn't own it. It can be taken yeah, And, you know, it's not to mention there is no one going up to the website, to look at the website, to interact with on the website and sell through. So I guess in summary, without going into it too much, I think we need to really, um, you know, look at what social media is for what it is and then allocate our time purposely to be on it and show up deliberately and strategically, but then jump off it and go and use your time for another marketing or PR strategy. Yeah. 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 Or, like, sit down and have dinner with your family. Absolutely. (laughs) And, I mean, if you prefer it over watching reality TV, good luck to you. That's awesome. You know, a lot of people watch stories like they watch reality TV. That's another bucket. But when it's eating into your business production time or your marketing for your business time, that's where I see a big problem starting to occur. It's a very good tip. (laughs) And my last question is what could be some good strategies or some tips for an established business for say PR directly so someone like me or someone that's been around for say even 10 years where would you see some good strategies around PR for them? So I think it's a really interesting time we're talking about building personal brand and our friend Alana who will be on the podcast soon as well. Um, Lana is actually moving into specializing in personal branding so she's going to jump on the podcast um, at some point and talk to us about that. But I think we've seen a big rise in personal branding. So for those of you listening at home, the difference is I have the Perth Collective PR agency as an Instagram account and a business, including a website and a whole different marketing strategy. And then I have Nikki Milne. And Nikki Milne is my personal brand. So that's where I'm speaking and hosting events. I'm having authority on. I have an online school under my name. And, you know, there's a big movement in personal brand and it allows you to be a bit more relaxed. Now, personal brand is what media want they don't necessarily want a business brand. And that's a really interesting shift we've seen in PR in the last probably two years. 
They want to interview me, Nikki Milne. They don't want to interview the Perth Collective. They want me and they want to quote me in the paper. And it's been a really tricky thing to navigate with the business owner because they're like, well, I want to promote my company when it's featured in the paper. And I'm talking organic featured, not advertising, typical PR. It's an opinion piece or an editorial piece. And the client will say, you know, I want my business mentioned. And I'm like, we're not really, we're actually, the media are after you personally because that is the point of difference. No one has your story. No one has your opinion. And that's what makes it interesting. So I think from business owners, depending on the level of business you're at, and I mean, I'm not sure if you're thinking about it, but when you get to a certain level of business, you kind of plateau and you go, well, how can I extend beyond here? And really the natural progression is starting to move off into a personal brand Obviously, you've still got your business, but that's scaling. You've got staff. You know, it's a lot of the, um, I guess, the roles in that business can be potentially outsourced or bought in-house, but not necessarily you facilitating it. And then from a personal brand, you are the only one that can do the personal brand. And that becomes so valuable. And I think it's important to have an opinion in today's world. And I think this is going to be more um, and more relevant as we move forward because I'm finding a lot of people are too scared to have an opinion at the moment because the world's in disarray. So we've noticed it on socials um, and even with clients, but like, what's your opinion on this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. We're not really sure we want to say. But it is cool to have an opinion. Put it out there because if you're thinking that someone else might and it might just resonate with your ideal audience. So I think obviously in a curated and very time-sensitive and tonal way you can actually express your opinion out there. So um, I really think that's a really good way to PR your business at the moment is then start to look at media around your own personal brand. And, you know, that could be releasing a book. I released a book under my name. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be media you've earned. You could actually write a book under your own business name. There you go. (laughs) We're always on the same path. So I think that we're going to see a rise of personal branding and I think it's going to play more into people's marketing strategy when they get to that kind of pivoting point in your business where you know you will Kelly and I've reached it as a business owner listening to this you will get to a point in your business where you hit a block and it's like a brick wall and you're like I gotta jump over that I don't know how to get around it there is more waiting on the other side I just have to get over that jump and I guess that's what we specialize in and I do in mentoring is jumping that hurdle and then elevating to that next level where you've got staff you've got a premises you're scaling you're looking at diversifying and you can afford a little bit of playing I call it to diversify into an area and if it doesn't work it's not going to sink your business yeah and you're like oh I gave it a go yeah like I tried online courses I was like I'm going to put a bit of money in this I'll reinvest into my business. Look, if it, I can afford to take the risk. It's not going to cripple my business if it doesn't go well. I can hide it and get rid of it. Um, so I think that's a really important thing and we're going to see a rise of that. So as a business owner for an established business, I think it is time if you haven't already to actually look at your personal brand and how you can extend that and get that more presence in the media through networking, through authority, through educating and obviously like we're doing, um, building personal brand alongside a business brand. Yep, yep. Awesome. awesome. I love that advice. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. We love talking oh, on and off. Thanks for having me. I feel like so honoured. <laughs> right, absolutely. I am just so excited to finally get this podcast out there. It's been on my list for a very long time and I obviously yeah. immediately thought of you and I've just watched your journey and I just think it's incredible. So congratulations on everything thank you've achieved. And I know right. this is just the beginning. <laughs> and, um, yes, I look forward to a wine soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The next 
time out for our catch up. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us on Passion to Profit and I will see you soon. You can follow Kelly on 13 Interiors on Instagram or your um, website address is 13interiors.com. Perfect. And I'm sure Kelly would love to hear from you. And if you watched or listened to the podcast, make sure you comment on her most recent social media and let her know that you've had a listen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. I hope you loved today's episode. I am so passionate about sharing the stories of other business owners and passing on my knowledge and experience from the last 17 years of business ownership. If you enjoyed the Passion to Profit podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a review or you shared it to your Insta stories. Don't forget to tag me at Nikki Milne underscore. In the show notes below, you'll find a link to my new step-by-step marketing audit for your business. Together, we're going to audit your current digital assets, identify your weaknesses, and you'll discover the solutions you need to accelerate growth in your business right now. And did I mention that I am letting you have this complimentary for a limited time only. It is valued at $297. So what are you waiting for? Go to nikkimilne.com forward slash business audit or hit the link in the show notes below. I'll see you there.